Hello, I'm Georges Collinet with this week's Afropop Worldwide audio feature. Excerpts from our program, Lebanon 2, Diasporas. Remember, our podcast is just a teaser. Check out the programs section at afropop.org for the full one-hour edition of this program. We pick up now with Banning Air's report on the Lebanese diaspora in Ghana. When Afropop went to Accra to research the past and present of Ghanaian music, we knew there had been an active Lebanese community there. You can't read about the 60s and 70s heyday of high life and Afrofunk without encountering the name Faisal Helwani, creator of the legendary Napoleon Club and this classic band, Hedgele Sounds, featuring on this track, Hugh Masekela. <laughs> But in Ghana, we could see the Lebanese presence was not just a thing of the past. We spotted a posse of young Lebanese camped out at Labadi Pleasure Beach. And while interviewing the rapper Manifest at the Lexington Hotel, we heard Arabic pop music blasting from one of the hotel bars. We stepped in to find a crowd of Middle Eastern guys clapping and dancing to music from home. At one point, we stopped for a meal at the Lebanese restaurant at the Commodore Guest House and fell into conversation with the proprietor, Talal Haman. Talal came to Ghana in 1964 to join relatives in a community that had immigrated over 50 years earlier. They were part of that same wave that brought so many Lebanese and Syrians to Brazil before World War I. The story Talal told echoed the Brazilian scenario in many ways. Before 1914, the Ottoman Empire was the ruler of the Middle East. In Lebanon, the Ottoman, you know, to feed the army, they took the whole food from Lebanon and leave the Lebanese population hungry. People were eating each other. People struggled. Many of them just leave everything and go. Some gone to Brazil, uh, some gone to America but not Africa. Africa, they came here by mistake. The ship dropped them in Cape Coast, and they thought that is Brazil. <laughs> so apparently immigrants thinking they were going to New York wound up in Brazil, and those thinking they were going to Brazil wound up in Cape Coast, Ghana. But Talal says Lebanese arrivals quickly took to Ghana. They start to bring their relatives. If you have a brother, come here, it's better. Life is better, it's easier, a lot of food come over. Maybe it's a carpenter or shoemaker, it was nice. And then, uh, you know, Lebanese, where they settle, they do good. The population like them. If you can see that most of Accra, the old Accra, built by the Lebanese. Coco House is one of Accra's most memorable colonial era buildings. Coco House itself is built by a Lebanese architect. But I was curious about the role Lebanese Ghanaians played in local music. I sought out Malik Kriam, a founding member of the fabled late 60s Afro-rock band, the Psychedelic Aliens. These days, Malik manages four local bands that play high life, reggae, soul, and pop around Accra. He sits in on rock and pop standards when he feels like it, but just for fun. 
Malik's real claim to fame goes back to 1967, when he teamed up with a diverse group of musicians to form a rock band. When we met, Malik pulled out the Psychedelic Aliens' one international CD and showed me some pictures. That's Riyadh. Riyadh is full Lebanese. That's Roberto. He's the guy who speaks French and Spanish. That's Ricky Telfo. That's Ape Thompson, the drummer. And, but that's me. Check the sideburns. Yeah, well, all of us have big birds. Uh, that's Nadim. Nadim is uh, half Lebanese, uh, half Ghanaian like me. You know, we're all born here, so you know. So it was a mix, you know, uh, kind of thing. So we call ourselves the Magic Psychedelic Aliens. Malik's father came from Lebanon early in the 20th century. Like those folks Talal was talking about, Malik's dad heard from relatives that life was good in Ghana. So he went to join them and started a business and a family. Malik himself has never visited his ancestral home. You see, because of the skirmishes every now and then in Lebanon, it put me off going there. But what about him? Did he want to go there? Well, he would go on a visit. In two years' time, he would go for a visit, you know, for about a week or two, come back here. Uh, Here was his base. He grew up here. I mean, it came to a time that most of the people he knew because of his age had died and all that. Finally, he decided not to go because nothing there for him. Malik says his father did feel nostalgia for Lebanon, but it wasn't a guiding force in his life. He used to play Lebanese music, but my father, funny enough, because he grew up here, he was into ballroom dancing. He was an expert, especially when it came to tango. But when he he became older, then he started to play Lebanese stuff. But then when he was young, he was, you know, into ballrooms kind of music. Malik grew up as Ghana changed from being a British colony to a trailblazing independent nation. He absorbed a lot, including languages. I speak English, I speak German, I speak Ghana, I speak Chi, a little uh, Arabic, uh, a little French, you know. And he sings in Spanish. To use my corazón, you song. Day Mikere to use my But as it happened, 60s rock would be Malik's calling. The psychedelic aliens started out doing covers from the Bee Gees to Hendrix, but eventually they created their own Afro rock sound. the Lebanon club. They had instruments there, and uh, that's how we used to go and practice and all that. 
but they weren't playing Lebanese music. Because at the time, you know, Lebanese music wasn't all that popular here. These days, some of our radio stations play Lebanese music, Arabic music. Yes, but during that time, no. We played maybe one or two Lebanese music, you know, amongst our repertoire, but that was it. Not more. Malik thinks the varied cultural perspectives in his band probably helped them come up with their original sound. At their prime, in the late 60s, the psychedelic aliens played all the big clubs in Accra. And it was in that context that they hooked up with the Lebanese Ghanaian who did the most for local music, Faisal Helwani. Faisal, he was our buddy. You know, because we started, we were half Lebanese, full Lebanese in the Magic Aliens. When he came over, he saw us playing and all that. That's how he went into music, because of the Magic Aliens. I'm telling you, that's the truth. A lot of people don't know. Even Talal Haman at the Lebanese restaurant remembered Faisal Helwani. He was before me long ago, and he studied in Ghana, speak fluent the local languages, and then he moved well with the people. Where Faisal Helwani, everybody rush. I can say that he's a jovial. He cracks jokes. Every <laughs> Ghanaian, I love him. Imagine he is the first Lebanese to die in Lebanon and send him back to Ghana to be buried. He was sick. He went to Lebanon for treatment. He died in Lebanon. In his will, he said, bury me in Ghana. And true to his wish, they brought him back and buried in Ghana. Hedgele Sounds. Author, producer, guitarist, and professor at the University of Ghana, John Collins knew Faisal Helwani well. As a young man, John spent a lot of time at Faisal's club, the Napoleon. Well, it was the central place. Was it Charlie Gillett used to talk about that there's a satellite, sort of a spiritual musical satellite that hovers over a country at a certain critical time and sometimes over a particular spot? The shrine in Lagos and Napoleon were those two places, and they were linked together because Faisal was fella's friend. And there was a lot of very heavy-duty experimentation being done in both places. Perhaps Ghana's most prolific music historian, John Collins, also knows a thing or two about how Faisal Helwani got into the music business. It started in the 60s when Faisal was about 17 or 18. He was running an ice cream factory or something, or distribution network, so he had some money. So he fancied himself as a music promoter. He was promoting bands like Uhuru and others. And at the same time, he was the one promoting Fela in Ghana. And as we know, Fela Kuti's time in Ghana was crucial to his development as an artist. 
Fella was also a hot commodity in those days, something surely not lost on Faisal. Well, because he's a natural Lebanese businessman, he, he knew how to make money from the age of 16. But his love was African music. He was just crazy about African music. You know, he was a very difficult person to work with sometimes, but his real love for African music was there. By blood, he wasn't an African. He was born here, but he was pure Lebanese, but he married an African, had African children. But um, I would say that because he was a good business entrepreneur, knew how to make money, he had money to invest into the music industry. So that would be the advantage. And he had a network of friends he could fall on. For instance, if he got broke once, which often happened, he would have friends who he could work for or work with, get the money back, and then he'd go back into music again. And by all accounts, Faisal adored working with his band, Hedgele Sounds. Look, he was a guy who really wanted to be a musician. And I can tell you what happened in this club. He'd get the band around, and he'd put his finger on a keyboard and play a note. And then everybody had to weave a song around him. And then afterwards, he said he wrote the song. He was always doing this. <laughs> Faisal was clearly one of a kind, but his enormous contributions to African music fit into a larger narrative about Lebanese in diaspora. I think he was exceptional, but I've known other Lebanese like that as well, who are into Ghanaian music and into things like music production, promotions, boxing promotions, Ghanaian boxers. But Faisal made a really significant contribution. So there you have it, another surprising tale of the Lebanese diaspora. Thank you, Banning. Terrific report. You can see photos, videos, interviews, and more about both Ghana and Lebanon on our website, afropop.org. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Until then, I'm Georges Collinet.